This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance during this episode, like, download, subscribe, share. It really helps us out. If this is your first time listening, this is not my normal voice. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. I'm either getting sick or I'm waking up in the middle of the night and smoking a pack of Marlboros and then going back to bed. But something is going on. At first I thought it was kind of cool and then I listened to a voicemail that I left on a friend's phone, and I had no idea who it was. And that's a weird feeling when you don't recognize your own voice, or then you go to talk to people that you know, and they just give you this look like, what is going on? So maybe my voice will start to clear up by next week, but for right now, we just kind of got to all get through this together. I want to take a moment and... Say goodbye to something that has become very special in my life. Our toaster oven passed away this morning. And when we first got the toaster oven, I'm a pretty cheap person. I would say frugal. Other people would just say cheap. But I thought, why do we have this toaster oven? There's no need to get a toaster oven. We have a microwave. We have an oven. There's no reason to get a toaster oven. And then I started using it. And a toaster oven is fantastic. If you've never used one, it's basically just a classy microwave. And somehow, it just makes you feel better about the food that you're eating. But it also doesn't take as long as the oven. So it really, it's a just overall a good experience. And just looking at it now, I'm very sad to see our toaster oven go. And I know the new one, it's just not going to be the same. I think we got a really good show lined up for you guys because our first guest is going to be a former professional free runner and a current Hollywood stunt woman. And this is somebody that has been in so many movies that we've seen and probably you've seen this person many, many times and just never known it. I mean, listen to this IMDb. Pitch Perfect 3, Ghostbusters, Jason Bourne, The Boss, Captain Fantastic, True Detective, Sabotage, Divergent, The Conjuring, Identity Thief, Project X, Green Lantern, that's not really her fault, Zombieland, that was a good movie. And it's fascinating to hear her story about what really goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to pull off some of these cool stunts that you see in movies. So let's go ahead and bring in our first guest. This is Lucy Romberg. 
How did you get into this? I was a national champion gymnast in college, and um, one of my teammates, her name is Natasha Hopkins, and she was out in L.A. doing stunts and acting, and uh, she came back for one of our home meets to visit, and I was just chatting with her and stuff and catching up and, you know, finding out what she was up to. And she's like, oh, my God, you should totally come and try stunts. You know, um, I think you'd really like it. There was nothing really that interests me as far as my career went. So, I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's, let's, let's give it a try. And so um, I graduated uh, in 2004, spent the summer in Europe traveling, and then uh, my mom and I drove out to L.A. and unpacked and just kind of, Try to figure out where the hell to go from there. Was it discouraging at first, or was it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I mean, for everyone to tell you, you know, you're you're too fat, you're not good enough, you're this or that, whatever. But, you know, just surround yourself with positive people that are like-minded and do you and kind of figure out a way that works. And, yeah, just stumble through it. And kind of like, it's kind of how it went, just like fumbling through. And How do you, I mean, how do you even get, do you, go, do you have to go to get training? Do you... How do you it's, like? It's such. It's a weird. It's a, a very taboo thing. Um, like a stunt school. I mean, kind of the way people view it is like, oh, the the people teach, and I and I don't necessarily believe this, but this is kind of like, kind of the way it's viewed is, you know, the people that try to teach stunt schools are the ones that couldn't make it, you know, and like, and just because you take a three week course doesn't make you qualified in any way. I was just kind of lucky and and fell in with um with a guy named Spiro Zados, and then Spiro introduced me to all these other people and then like I met this guy named John Moyo and he introduced me to this guy named Bob Yerkes who has like a little circus set up in his backyard and there was like little trainings every Thursdays and Saturdays so you know you just kind of start to learn things and meet people and you know because the more some people you can meet you know the easier it is to get work so you know you have to get your SAG card you have to become part of the union for me it took me a long time to really get established and start getting work and be able to quit my job at Chili's you know I had to work at Chili's for um, five six so yeah like three years you know just so I could afford to live here and keep trying to do this so um, I think it just really depends on the person you know and like your size like my brother example um, he's six foot tall he came out to LA I think like a year and a half after me and started working before me because you know he's a great size and great look and you know I'm super short and like uh you know who can I double really so you know it just kind of depends on the person did you were you ever really close to giving up um I, I said out loud that I was gonna give up but I never really believed that in my heart you know just out of frustration like oh this this industry sucks like I hate this like this isn't fun and then you know but like I never really believed that I would actually give up because that's just not part of who I am what dictates kind of how you you get the break is it is it the stunt capability itself or do you just you kind of have to look like the person that you're doubling for or how does that work there's no there's no set answer I think it's just a combination of you know you get an opportunity to work for a coordinator you know you hopefully get in a spot where you can do something you know worthwhile not just like running out of the way of a car just like playing like an envy person um so you know you hopefully get put in a in a good spot that that coordinator can recognize you. Like example on Indiana Jones, um, the fourth installment, um, I'd never met the coordinator Gary Powell before. And, um, and I just got lucky and got to get like kind of a, not a featured spot, but a, like a cool little, little spot. And from there he remembered me for green lantern. And then I got to go out on green lantern for six weeks. And then, you know, just kind of, and then you meet even more people. Like every time you're on set working, you can meet more and more people and then more and more people can refer you if you do a good job. 
But is it kind of a thing that once it's hard to get in, but once you're in, you're in? Not necessarily. No, not at all. I mean, like a friend of mine, I'm not going to mention her name, but she um, was a lead double on a huge film and then literally couldn't get a job for a year afterwards. She was Mm -hmm. like, like, what am I doing wrong? But she wasn't doing anything wrong. It just is what it is. You know, just sometimes you have dry spells and. How do you cope with those highs and lows? Um, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's hard, you know, to be mentally tough and, and not, you know, get inside your head and think it's something that you did wrong or whatever. Um, you just have to keep working hard, keep training, um, keep meeting people. It's called hustling is what we do. So basically if there's a, if you have a friend working for a coordinator, you try to stop by and, you know, just kind of chat with them, give them your headshot, your resume and, you know, he probably won't, or he or she probably won't remember you the first two, three times, but once you meet them for a fourth, fifth time, they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you're still around. Like, I should give you an opportunity. Everybody kind of knows that's part of the business, right? It's hard because when, you, when you're first starting, you have no idea how any of it works. And so you're just kind of going into this blindly. And so then once you start to figure out, like, oh, oh, that's how it works. Oh, that's how that works. Like, it's easier. Well, I wouldn't say easier to deal with, but it's kind of understand the process a little bit more and can cope with it a little bit better that, i mean in terms of like physical training what do you have to do um you don't have to do anything if you don't want to um you know but it's it's <laughs> it's important to a be strong the stronger you are the harder hits you can take and the less likely you are to get injured um you know the more air awareness you have the better um the more fight training you have the better you know just kind of trying to be as well-rounded as possible, like get experience with fire, with high falls, with wire work, with driving. You kind of want to be a jack-of-all-trades. What was the first stunt you ever did in a movie? The first legitimate stunt I got to do was on a commercial um, for this Japanese com- uh, company. It's called Shishido or something like that. It's uh, it's like a makeup brand. And another stunt woman and I, um, what's her name? Uh, Jen Caputo. She's a legend. Um, we got to barrel roll underneath a jackknife semi truck um, on the Sixth Street Bridge, I think, in downtown LA. So we literally we had to like lay in the middle of the street as a semi truck dro- drove towards us, jackknifed, and then we had to roll underneath it, like barrel roll together underneath it. That was yeah. your first stunt. That sounds. <laughs> yeah. That sounds. Fun, right? I yeah. feel like you should. That that maybe that shouldn't have been the first one. I know, right? Well, this amazing stunt coordinator. Uh, stunt coordinator his name is Al Goto um you know I've been around for a little bit already and and I think you know he did his homework and you know made sure that I was qualified and and dude put full faith in me which is amazing like that he was able to do that which was yeah I, I, Al is such a amazing guy so I was just super lucky to get that opportunity and did a did a decent job I guess I didn't get my head squished so we did something right <laughs> when you when you went into that were you super nervous or is it just kind of this is my job it's it's go time yeah pretty much yeah i mean you gotta you gotta put yourself in the zone and be focused and know what you gotta do in order to uh you know if something goes wrong have a have a bailout if possible and you know i think and also too al he went in and he filmed himself doing it which helped he's like i wouldn't ask anyone to do anything i wasn't willing to do and so he actually did the stunt himself film that showed us and and just you know, help with the confidence and, and the thought of, like, getting my head rolled over, like, wasn't even a thought, you know? Like, I trusted the team around me, and I trusted... At this point, because you've been doing it, if my math is correct, about 12 years? 
do you still get nervous or is it kind of just like, hey, we're going to have you jump off this and land on this and roll under this and you're just like, okay? I think it's important to get nervous and to be uh, prepared for anything. So I still get butterflies no matter how big or small the stunt is. You know, I think it's I think it's it's a it's a healthy headspace to be in. When I'm not nervous, I'm like worried. I'm like, why am I not nervous right now? Like this is strange. I don't like it. So have you have you ever backed out of one? I don't know if backed out is the right word, but have you ever said right. like, no, I don't think we should do that? I I've been lucky and not been put in a situation like that. Um, I mean, there's been there's been jobs that I've been unavailable for, but nothing that I've said like, no, I'm not going to do that. But like, you know, stunts is a calculated risk. I mean, everyone, you know, the stunt coordinator is hopefully seasoned and has been a stuntman for a while and knows, you know, what's what's possible and what's not. And, and, and you know, we try to figure out the, the best, safest way to do everything. And it's, it's so important, Nick, to have a good team around you, to be able to trust your coordinator, trust your riggers, trust your safety. Um, and if there there is an issue, then you need to stand up for yourself. You know, no movie, no TV show is worth getting killed or injured over. I mean, there's going to be injuries. It is what it is. Um, but, you know, you just try your best to make it as safe and and as good as possible. Have you ever had any significant injuries or any injuries at all? Um, I had to go to the hospital after doing a, a car hit on a movie called Identity Thief. Um, we did the car hit once. And they needed it a little bit more violent, and so we did it again. And I ended up hitting my face on the concrete and kind of splitting my forehead open a little bit. So had to get a few stitches. Um, and then doing uh, free running, I was shooting a video um, called True Beauty. Um, basically, I I wanted I had an eating disorder, I had bulimia in college, and I wanted to make a video as like an homage to that. Just basically showing everyone that, you know, everyone suffers in some way. Um, and so having done that, I was like working really, really hard. And then I went to Japan for a Red Bull project and I ended up, um, stretch fracturing my femur. What, which one are you like most proud of that? That was a cool stunt. You know, which was, I don't know. I think probably the car hit. I mean, I'm not proud that I got injured, but I'm, I'm proud of the way that it looked and how violent it looked. Um, I, I won the, I think it was 2014 World Tourist World Stunt Award for that car hit, um, which was cool. Um, also, what else? I don't know. All the helicopter stuff on Spy was, was really, really cool. I can't say that I'm, like, proud of it, but I'm just, like, so excited that I got to do it. It was, oh, my God, it was the most fun thing ever. And then um, I did a fall off of a roof onto the um, roof of a car on a movie called... What was it? Shit. Uh, oh, uh, Captain Fantastic. Um, that one I was pretty proud of as well. Now that you bring it up, like, I remember that. I can picture in my mind you getting hit by that car in Identity oh, Thief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that did look like it probably hurt a lot. It, it did. It definitely did. Um, the first time was okay. The second time was a lot worse. <laughs> um, it was funny. So I'm just like, so the coordinator told me, like, once you get hit, just stay down. Because then... Um, the actor Jason Bateman is going to come over and like, you know, pretend to check on you and da, 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 da. he's like, just stay down. I was like, okay, cool. So I knew my face was injured. And so I'm just like laying there. Jason's, you know, like checking on me and blah, blah, blah. And then like, I don't know if this is like how it happened, but in my head, I was like, uh, Jason, like after like, it felt like forever. I was like, uh, Jason, like, I 
fucked up my face. <laughs> and he like, I just remember him like looking at me and be like, oh my God, like met it. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> and then it was like a whirlwind from there. So, but no, Melissa was so nice. She like got on the ambulance with me. It was like, look, like Lucy is Melissa. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Like, so they sent me flowers. Like they were just so classy about it. Like so awesome. Random question. Is it tough to get health insurance? No, no, it's not. Um, so we're members of the Screen Actors Guild, just like the actors are. And, it, I mean, we have pretty much the Cadillac of insurance. We're super fortunate to have such great insurance. How does that work in terms – are you paid by the stunt, by the day, by the – We are paid the exact same as actors are. Um, we actually uh, – I mean, day players, obviously. I mean, the, the A-listers, no, of course not. They negotiate their own rates, but – um, yeah, we make we make just as much as the actors do, um, but actually probably usually a little bit more because we get a stun adjustment on top of that rate. So um, it just depends. It depends for like as far as a stun adjustment goes. It depends on the budget of the show. It depends on how many times you do it, how difficult it is, how hard you hit, blah blah blah. So it's a lot of the time a pre-negotiated rate. So the stunt coordinator um, reads the script, breaks down the script, does a budget, kind of determines how much he thinks each stunt is worth stunt adjustment wise and that's kind of how it how it goes so what is what is that movie about stunt people with burt reynolds oh is that hooper yes yeah i love that movie i just randomly thought of that so So, oh i'm so sad didn't he just pass yeah he did that's a great movie that's a a good one it's definitely a good one (laughs) i because i just i thought of it because i remember them being like that's a fifty thousand dollar stunt But hey, generally in terms of a living, like, are you pretty comfortable? Yeah, I uh, I own a home in LA. Um, I'm closing on a on a condo in Atlanta um, tomorrow, and then uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not bad. I'm I'm I have uh, I'm what's it called? I'm part owner in three free running gyms. I'm part owner in the um, parent company. It's called Tempest Free Running. Um, yeah, so I just I just try to be smart with my money and, and diversify um, because, you know, I can't get hit by cars forever. So, you know, just like when you're making so much money, you have to be smart and just realize that it's not going to happen forever. So it's just wise to, to be frugal and, and be wise. How much longer do you have where you can, can physically do this, really? No clue. No clue at all. I was a professional free runner until the age of 35, um, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, most professional free runners are in their early twenties. Um, so I was able to do that, which is cool. And then, uh, yeah, so who knows? I mean, I have friends that are, that are in their mid fifties that are kicking ass and killing it still. So, but there's, you don't feel kind of any of the signs that the body is starting to, to break down a little bit. Um, I mean, for me, that's why I stopped free running is because I could feel it. And I was like, you know what? I need to, you know, I need to focus on stunts now and, and try to make, you know, as much money as I can while I can. Because for now, there's nothing else that really interests me. So I want to try to, you know, ride this wave as long as I can. So that's why I decided to retire from from free running competitions. I used to watch those free running things, but I watched them in an age where all I could think of is like, you guys just wait, wait till your knees are shot. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, you know, it's it's all about technique. And so, you know, you try to have the best technique possible and hopefully your body can last. Is, is the free running, is that still picking up steam? Or is that kind of? I think it depends. Of... I think it's kind of like any other sport. It kind of goes through waves and cycles. Um, our gym in Dallas is about to open up any day now, so I'm excited to see how that goes. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really neat to see the progression of the sport. You know, I started in 2008 and just to see where it's gone today is really fucking cool. I mean, it's incredible what these guys and girls are doing. I mean, flips to precisions, flip to precisions on rails. Like it's like absolutely mind boggling to me. Like that, that is like, like the human body can capably do that, you know? No, Um, that's what I've always watching it. Like I had no idea people could even do that. Yeah, me too. And I've done it for a long time. I'm like, what? Like, what's happening? Like, I, I don't know. It's it's so cool to see how much these kids. Because like when I started, you know, a basic palm flip was like an advanced. So a palm flip is where you jump up the wall, hit your hands on the wall, and backflip. Yeah. Like that was an advanced move. Like that's like ten year old kids can do that now. Like easily, you know. You're, just because before when, when we started, you know, there was no set techniques. Like every, you know, every sport progresses in the, in the, um, technology of the equipment and the techniques, all that. So kids are learning the technique that we've figured out. So it's, they're just progressing so much faster and are learning the fundamentals so much faster. Now you did some stuff with American Ninja Warrior, right? I did. Yeah. How did... Um, I also was, uh, the first female, um, first American female to compete into, do you know what Sasuke is? no so it's it's the real ninja warrior (laughs) oh that's Um, the original one yeah yeah that's that's the real one that's the real version um so i got to go to japan twice for that i was the first female to ever clear the jumping spider on that course um and then i did i got invited to vegas i think once and wasn't able to go because i had that family vacation planned to the philippines it's it's super fun. It's cool. Um, I didn't submit this year. I'm kind of over it. <laughs> I do wish. Did you ever see like the fake version that they used to do? I don't think so. The MXC. Oh my god! With the Japanese like overlay. Yeah. That, oh my god! It is so fucking funny. It was it's, so ahead of its time, and it's how yeah. funny it was. Oh my god! So good. So good. I love it so much. But what is that like? Being in a movie, and then you go to see it, and like. You that that's you, that's you. Right. I think it, in the beginning it was super exciting. Um, I remember my um, the first time I was on a TV show. The first time I was on a TV show is a TV show called Crossing Jordan, and I just I got shot in it, and like I invited like all my friends, like I told all my family members like about it. Like I was so excited. I'm like I was on screen for literally like half a second, <laughs> you know. But, like so like now I don't. You know, I don't really, I won't go out of my way to, like, watch. It's hard because, you, you know, you're in it, and now you're, like, you know, you're all old and bitter, and I'm, like, you know, you, like, know how it goes now, so. Yeah, um, you, you get yeah, used I mean, to it. Yeah, don't like... get me wrong. It's, like, super exciting. Don't get me wrong. It's I'm super grateful and honored to get to do what I do. Um, but it's, you know, I think the magic of movies is kind of lost in a way. Um, don't get me wrong. I still love movies. I love going to the movies. But it's just not the way that it used to be before. I was in it, if that makes sense. What is that because of just the way, why is that? <sighs> That's a good question. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know. I think it's because you have this preconceived opinion of what it's going to be. And then it's hard to get out of that. You know, when you've been in a when you're, you know, working on a film for five, four or five months, you kind of know what the sequences are. And so I think it's hard to take yourself out of it. Like, oh, where was I standing? like when this was shot or like where you know like 
oh, the boom operator is, like, right behind that wall. Like, you know what I mean? You, like, start thinking of other things, and, like, it kind of takes the enjoyment out of, like, just being in the movie in the moment. I can kind of, I understand what you're saying in the sense that, like, yeah, I've done it, and yeah. it's a job <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and it, it's a job. Like, it is. Like, example, I double uh, Drew Barrymore on Santa Clarita Diet, um, and I haven't, haven't even seen season two yet. And it's a great show. Like, it's such a good show. Well, will they, once you kind of get established and stuff like that, will you generally double the same people? Like, okay, it's Melissa McCarthy. We know who to call. Yes. And if you're lucky, the actor will put you in their contract. Um, so Melissa is so fantastic. Um, she just added me to her contract so that the stunt coordinator, no matter who it is, has to call me first. Um, which is super rare and super amazing. Yeah, it just kind of depends. And, you know, sometimes it happens to where you're doubling an actress and the stunt coordinator changes and then they want to bring in their own people. So, you know, just everything really totally depends. Yeah, I mean, it's a business at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly, for sure. And, like, and I totally get it. Like, the stunt coordinator, they, they need the asset that they feel comfortable with. Sometimes they go somewhere else and nobody ever has an explanation that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, absolutely. What what do you, what was your favorite movie to be on? Spy. That's a good movie. Yeah, it was I mean, the the stuff that that I got to do on that was was absolutely incredible. I mean, just so memorable and so exciting and yeah, just yeah. And that was kind of the one that helped me get in with Melissa at the end of the day. So, um yeah, I don't know. Ghostbusters was really, really fun because you know it's like four girls, and we're getting to do like fun fight sequences. And um, Walter Garcia is uh, the stunt coordinator's name. He's he's young, he's a genius, and it's just so much fun to be around. And he's a good friend of mine. And just you know, like being able to do cool stuff with your friends and your homies. Like, what else is better than that? You know? I mean, are most of the like the the the, the big name actors that you've worked with are they usually pretty nice? Or are they kind of aloof? What's that like? has their moments right so it's so like if you only work with someone for five minutes and they are having a bad day like you know it's hard to judge them for that but I've never had any problems with any any actors being you know dicks <laughs> um I mean they, it happens it happens but roll with the punches and I've been I've been really lucky to work with some really amazing amazing actors you know with a situation that they're having a bad day on then you're just kind of you know, you're there. I don't know. What the fuck am I talking about? I don't even know. <laughs> no, I mean, it makes sense. It's like, it, it's a job at the end of the day and I'm here to do my job. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I mean, I'm not there to be the actor's friend. I'm there to do a job, to make them look good. And, you know, if, if they engage me, I'll, of course, engage them. But I try to, you know, like if some people, we try to stay behind, you know, like out of the way and, and not in, you know, their eye line. And, you know, you're just like, like you just said, you're there to do a job and, and not to... Not to shoot the, shoot the shit and just, yeah, I mean, they're busy. Everybody requires their attention and it's, you know, it's probably overwhelming for them. So um, I guess what's what's coming up next? You've got some gyms opening, any movies coming up? What, what can you tell us? I just finished a movie called Super Intelligence with uh, Melissa. Um, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see that. Um, I, uh, we're about to finish um, season two of Santa Clarita Diet. So, no, sorry, season three of Santa Clarita Diet, so uh, keep an eye out for that. The gym in Dallas opens. Yeah, the gym in, yeah, the gym in Dallas is opening up. Um, I'm hoping, we're hoping for, like, next week or two. 
Uh, oh, I worked on a movie called um, The New Mutants. It's X-Men, The New Mutants. I no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I doubled Maisie Williams on that. Um, yeah, and then just a couple TV shows. I worked on, on SWAT a few weeks ago. And is that? I mean, are you generally kind of, in terms of like you come in, you do the stunt, you leave? Or yeah. are you usually there for a long time? We're, we're usually there for a long time. Uh, I mean, yesterday I doubled Drew Barrymore, and I was there for over 12 hours, which isn't even a long day. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's 15, 16 hours. Um, there's just a lot to do and a lot of moving parts. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard to make a movie. Like it's incredible how anything gets done seriously with all these moving parts in different apartments and da, da, da. So, you know, like last week I waited around for literally like 11 hours and came in for three minutes, didn't my shit and and left, <laughs> you know, so it just, it just totally depends. I want to thank Lucy Romberg so much for joining us. I thought it was really cool to hear her story and exactly what goes in to doing all of those stunts that you see in the movies. If you want to connect with her, we've tagged her on all of our social media accounts. Just go to Profoundly Pointless and you can find her through those. Her Instagram is awesome. Like, it's really cool to see her do these different free-running things, and she's been to a lot of different really cool places as well, so that's something to check out. Also, check out the movie Spy. That is a very, very underrated movie. So now we're going to go ahead and move into our top five slash ten-ish thing that we have going on. John Shaw, who usually does these, is again tied up with a very happy life circumstance. I'm going to let him share that story when he comes back. But basically what's going on with him right now is he's having one of those moments where ultimately this is a very positive thing, but he's kind of running into one of those situations that's, it's like your car is out of gas and then you have to push it uphill to the gas station and the gas station is out of gas and the truck that's coming to fill up the gas only has diesel. He's just kind of running into one of those experiences. So he's going to be back. Hopefully next week, but we'll see. So what we're going to do instead is I'm just going to randomly call up one of my friends, specifically one of them that I haven't talked to in a long time, and immediately start asking them questions and just see how they respond. So let's go ahead and call a buddy of mine that I used to work with, Josh Carrasso. Why did you say (laughs) yellow like that? I don't know. I just feel like... I'm 32 and should be trying new things. <laughs> um, listen, I'm very confused about the fact that all my life I thought your name was Josh Carrasso, and you're on your nope. voicemail you say Josh Carrasco. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so you know you're on the podcast right now, right? I assume that's probably because you have a number that I've never seen before. I need to know your top five action movies of all time. You just call someone and just ask them their top five action movies of all time off the top of their head. I mean, it's it's such a loaded question. You should be oh ready God. to do this. I, I just thought of it <sighs> five minutes before this, and I can do it right now. So obviously Die Hard has to be on there. Like, there's no question about it. You have to have Die Hard in your top five. But where and... are you putting it on your top five? What are your oh other ones? <sighs> I think oh Die Hard is a completely overrated movie. Why? How? It has all the elements of it's quotable, the people get thrown out of windows, and there's a lot of shooting. I mean, it's fantastic. I just, I, I think because of basically, just because of opinions like that is why I don't like it. There's Bruce Willis. I mean, what else has Bruce Willis done in his career that anyone remembers him for? Maybe Pulp Fiction. That is a good point. That's a deep philosophical... <laughs> 
if there's no Die Hard, there's no Bruce Willis. The problem <laughs> is the problem is is that movie. Every time I see Bruce Willis, all I can think of is how that movie would be better with Woody Harrelson in it. Oh my god, it would have been so much better. See, that's the problem. That's why I can't like Bruce Willis because Woody Harrelson would always be better. What's your other one? Give me some more. Oh, damn it. I can't think of anything now. Like when you put pressure on me like this, I can't just come up with things. Are you sweating right now? I am. I, I'm starting to perspire. <laughs> are we going straight pit sweat, or are you getting a little bit of forehead action? No, actually, my foot is a little bit sweaty. It's just my right foot is a little bit sweaty. I don't know why. Is that normal? Is that normal for it just to be the right foot? Or are you? Usually- I, you know, honestly, after I turned thirty, just things started happening that like. I, it just doesn't make sense. Do you have hairy feet? Is that why your feet are sweaty? I do, actually. I do. They're like... Like Hobbit feet? Have you ever seen The Hobbit? Yeah, it's kind of oh. like that. Is the right <sighs> one sweatier or hairier than the left one? Is that why the right one would sweat first? It could be. I'm not... not I, I think the, the, the distribution of hair is about equal on both feet. What are some of your other top action movies? Give me some, like, do you have any, do you have some, some action, give me some action movies and I'll see if I agree with your synopsis. I'll go ahead and go with, right I'll go ahead with number one in my book is Predator. Ooh. Over Alien. I've never seen Alien. I would put Alien above Predator. I've never seen it. Mm, it's good. It's good. You have to go, you have to start with the original and then I think you could stop at like three. I'm actually buying time right now because I'm looking at my DVD collection that, you know, I might be one of the four people that still has one of those and seeing where my taste lies. How many and DVDs do you have? I currently have, let's just see, I have to do math. One, ooh, no, I got one right now. Kill Bill, definitely in my top five. Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2. Well, they're basically, they come as one package. Like, it's Kill Bill. So when you bought the DVD... But when you bought the DVDs, did you buy a package? I mean, it's DVD? two separate. It's two separate DVDs, but I, they're basically one movie. They go together. You can't really have one without the other. Do you think anybody has only one Kill Bill DVD? That would just be dumb. That would be. I don't a know why bit. you would do that. I mean, it's just. I mean, what if they just had two? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Like, what would be stranger if they just had Kill Bill one, or if they just had Kill Bill two? Definitely two. I mean, that would just be... Why? Yeah, why would you buy the second one and not get the first one? I guess maybe if you just thought the first one was pure garbage, that doesn't even make sense because the first one would make more sense because it's the first one and it's the action is way better in one. One is almost the action movie. Two is more of a drama if you really want to just split hairs on, on those movies. How many DVDs did you figure out that you had? I'm going to go... I still have about... There's got to be at least 30... When's the last time you looked at them and thought, I should get rid of these? Probably when I moved. I moved in May, and I was like, why do I still have so many DVDs? Actually, I still have a fair amount of CDs, if you can believe that. But it's still the same CDs that I had when I was buying CDs in college. Are they all straight CDs, or do you have any ones that you made yourself? Oh, I definitely have some I made myself. And they're still labeled like weird things that you would write when you were like 18 years old, like... Road Jams 2. <laughs> Do you had <laughs> when, is, when is the last time did you make it? When is the last time you made a girl a mixtape? You know, I don't think I actually ever did that. I, I think that was before my time when 
people were still doing that. Or maybe I just wasn't cool enough to really know good music. I had a girl make me a CD once in college, though. Can you look through your CD collection while you're looking through your DVD collection and see it's if it's like still in, in my car? My CD collection, where everyone else was born in the 80s, is it's in my car in one of those large books. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, and I never, ever take it out, ever, to listen to a CD. Is it in Is it in back seat, front seat, or trunk? Oh, it's in the back seat, like way in the back seat, like on that little rear dash area. But you've moved it from different car to car, correct? Oh, for sure. I've always kept it because I'm like, you know what? I am going to listen to my 32 DVDs again one day. That same Less Than Jake album I bought 20 years ago. I'm going to want to listen to that one day. I mean, I haven't talked to you in a long time, and I feel like it's it's not it's not going well. <laughs> what? Okay, uh, so. Realizing though, I'm looking through my DVD collection, and I have a lot of dramas—more dramas than I would say action movies. Would you consider *The Princess Bride* an action movie? Rodents of unusual size—you got to watch out for those. Exactly, dude. *Princess Bride* arguably has now probably one of my top five all-time movies. Yeah, read me the first ten DVDs you see in your DVD collection. Okay, so I'm looking right now. I have Gladiator. Solid. The Princess Bride. Solid. Lost in Translation. No. What? Okay, Sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I have Hero. And Wait. actually, this movie, you would not know this, it's called Invisible Ink. This is a movie uh, that I actually helped shoot and my one of my buddies produced years ago oh so that's like a that's a cherished memory it, it is yeah actually he got it you could actually buy this i think now on like amazon or something like that he actually got a, an indie label to pick it up we made this like 15 years ago are you credited in it i am credited in it and is your I name on the dvd a, packaging a cameo. it is not i was not that high up in the production of it to get my name on the dvd actually i'm looking at it right now just to confirm this fact I forgot I even had this in here. Not? Nope. Are you on My it? My name is not on the DVD. No. Nope. Have you ever paused it in the credit sequence and showed it to someone? I have showed it to girls I have dated. <laughs> For sure. Like, hey, you want to watch five minutes of this movie? Um, just so I can show you that, one, I have a cameo, and two, I did most of the camera work. And, okay, that's enough. <laughs> did it work? I don't know that that was the factor that made it work, but it is kind of impressive when you could say that you helped make a movie. It always, it's, it's, okay, give me the next five DVDs in your DVD collection. Well, I have all three of the Lord of the Rings. That's that's legitimate. It's yeah, legitimate. I have What About Bob, probably <laughs> another one of my favorite Bill Murray movies. <laughs> uh, the Incredibles. Solid. And, oh, here's Woody Halston. I knew I'd find him eventually. Zombieland. That's an underrated movie. Yes, for sure, because it has both Bill Murray and Woody Harrelson in it. The thing is, is that just hearing from your basic DVD collection, the only one that I think is legitimate buying DVDs is The Lord of the Rings. Yes, cause I did, and I should note, they are also the extended version, so they're like you know 87 billion minutes longer than the original three movies. When have you had an emotional day and tried to watch all of them? Uh, you know, the last time that I did that was probably when I bought them however many years ago they came out. What do you think would be a weirder DVD thing to do? 
owning one of the Kill Bills or owning only one of the Lord of the Rings movies? Probably the Lord of the Rings because if you if you bought Lord of the Rings, you're obviously at the nerd level to have all of them and have watched all the extended scenes and could probably pick out the scenes that are in the DVD that weren't in the theatrical release. Yeah. So if you're going to buy, if you're going to buy, there's no way I, I I could not imagine walking into someone's house and just being like, Oh cool. You bought return of the King. No way. I could see if maybe you bought the second one for some reason. I feel like that would be like you dabbled in the second one and just decided not to go with the first or the third. (laughs) Okay. I feel like there would be that would be an indicator of something if you walked into someone's house and they just had one of I don't know what I don't know if it means they're a serial killer or if they're just a terrible person but it would be a, a probably a warning sign to me. What kind of divorce would happen where they took two of the Lord of the Rings <laughs> movies and left you one? That's basically how you know that that did not end well. I, it reminds me of that meme that you see where it's a couple dividing up beanie babies like in the 90s like in front of a judge <laughs> like darn you got the one elephant but i got huggles the bear <laughs> my father-in-law who is legitimately a nuclear scientist who disposes of nuclear waste once advised his family to invest in beanie babies and now i question everything <laughs> That was a thing, dude. I mean, did you ever did you ever wait in line to buy a Beanie Baby? No, my father was against any kind of things like that, and so it was basically beaten into me <laughs> emotionally and physically <laughs> not to participate in those kinds of activities. I mean, I was young, and we were standing in line to buy a stuffed animal. <laughs> Multiple times I remember doing that as a child. <laughs> See, my dad was the kind of person that was like, Dad, I want a beanie baby. He would say, well, you're going to get a beady baby. And then I would basically go back outside and play with a stick. You know, I'm learning so much right now. This, this really explains a lot. Okay, so for your action movies, you have right now basically just Die Hard and Kill Bill, which will count for two of them. So you need two more that you're going to throw oh. out there. Well, do we do... Does Gladiator count as an action movie? Or Braveheart, which I also own. Yes, I would say both of those are. I'm going to go Predator. Okay. Commando. Ooh, all right. So we're, we're staying in the, what, 80s right now? Yeah. What's the movie where they find Matt Damon? Is that uh, an, Saving Private Ryan. Is that an action movie? I could give that as action. I, I, I view that more as an epic, but I guess that's just splitting hairs. So that, that could be an action movie. I don't know how frequently or if ever you've listened to the podcast, but usually we have one or two strong answers, and then it turns into nothing. (laughs) Rambo 2? I feel like really the classic action movies were all made in the last 20 years, like 20 years ago. So this is what I have started doing recently. I watch two-thirds of a movie and don't finish the ending. That would drive me crazy. Do you just Uh, make up your own ending? No, here's the thing. Game of Thrones has ruined everything for me. Everything. TV shows, all other movies, everything. Because you didn't know it was going to happen. And now in movies, like, all right, I get it. Hero's going to win. And I can't, I, I'm not interested. I lose interest. Once the, plot, once the plot is established, I lose interest. Rambo, I believe two, possibly Rambo one, depending on I can't remember which one exactly is which. I barely remember either one of those. I just know what... Sylvester Stallone looks like in that movie, and that's about it. Rocky Four. 
the Russian one, right? What do you mean the Russian one, right? Isn't that the one where he 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 faces the Russian? I don't know how you don't immediately know that. That's the one that everybody should immediately know. Oh yeah, Rocky Four, Ivan Drago. You know he writes all those movies. Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, he's written all of the movies that he's been in. I just I can't look at him without just thinking that guy's an idiot. I don't know why. Like I'm sure he's a great person, but he just it just doesn't seem very smart. Yeah, he doesn't. But he's brilliant. <laughs> he's obviously. I mean, he's doing something right. Look at us. How does look- a guy like that just end up making movies? Like, how as a producer does this guy walk in and he's like, you know what? I've got this great idea for a movie. I can't do a voice. I don't do impressions. But he's just actually, like, I actually, I thought idea. it was. I thought like, it was going kind of well. Actually, I know it was. He's like, oh, I want to do this, and you're like. I- I can't even understand you. We want to do what? Oh, make a movie. I, I, we're very busy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> get, that, get that all out. God. What is Rocky's name? Is it just Rocky? Did he have a, Was that his first name or was that his last name? I don't even know. It is Rocky, right? Like, I, like, it's like Cher. I don't know if he ever had a last name in the movies. He got married, so he would have had to, right? So here's the problem. Here's the big problem with me looking this up. Is that my BlackBerry, which, yes, I have a BlackBerry, it cannot type the letter R, so I can't look up Rocky. But it can transport us back to 2002, though. It's, it, <laughs> do you know how many words have the letter R in them? It's un, You can't write. My, my vocabulary has exploded trying not to use words that have R in it. Oh, my God. It searches with Bing. What? What is happening right now? I feel like I'm in a time war. Do you also have Netscape on there? Rocky Balboa. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. I should have actually. We should have known that. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to the second portion of our top ten. But before we do that, actually, let me mention two things about Josh Carrasco. Number one, he looks exactly the way you think a guy named Josh Carrasco would look. We've linked to him on our social media accounts, and if you take a look at him, you'll be like, "Yep, that's a guy named Josh Carrasco." It's a lot like Bert. You don't have to see a picture of Bert. You know what Bert looks like. Josh is the same way. The second thing I want to mention is a story, my favorite story, about Josh. There was a New Year's Eve a couple of years ago in which we all started out at my house and we were playing Mario Kart. And the rule was that the loser of the Mario Kart race had to take a drink straight from a bottle of gin. And this set Josh up to be that kind of drunk that when we went out to the bars... Everybody started toasting him. Every time you got a drink, to Josh, to Josh. And he would take a drink not realizing that everybody else was just fake drinking. And his then-girlfriend at the time showed up around 11. And I think that she took him home by about 11.15 and has never spoken to any of us again. Now we're going to go ahead and do something special. We're going to bring in one of our listeners, and we're going to talk to them about the top five most annoying animals if they suddenly developed the ability to speak. This is Kylie. All right, Kylie, would you describe yourself as an avid listener of the show, a frequent listener, or have you listened one time? A frequent, frequent listener. So you've done it more than once, you could say that. Yes. Yeah, way more than once, but I haven't listened to the past like few, though. So really, you kind of phased out. No, I just get busy and I haven't listened to any of my podcasts. Oh, okay. So it's not just us. It's everybody as a whole. Yes. Okay. So we're going to be discussing the top five most annoying animals if they could talk. What is your number five? 
My number five is a rat. Oh, that's what I had too. I put rat down as number five as well. I lied to you completely that I didn't make up a list. I actually made up a list. <laughs> well, number five is a rat. And I just like kept thinking about Wormtail from Harry Potter. Good point. Yeah. Visual. And just like how like, I don't know. And the little, like, I just feel like they'd make like little like rat noises. Like, I feel like they would be like a lot of pervy conversations. Yeah. Or stuff you don't really like. I don't. I don't really want to hear about that. Yeah. Okay. So rat is also my number five. What's your number four? Okay. Number four, I put a cockroach. That's not an animal. That's an insect. That's an animal. No, it's an insect. Then half my list is gone. I feel. Do like. you just have all of the insects no. on there? Don't read the rest of it. Just I have other insects on here though because they're animal. They're they're still animals. I don't think they technically are. I think they're insects. Why can't they count? You didn't say like mammals. Good point. All right, so you have a cockroach for number four. We'll allow yes. it. Oh, my number four is a dog. That was... Yours, you're, that you have it higher on the list? Yes. Just tell me where you have it. Yeah, I have dog at two. Why did you put dog? Because I bet we think the same thing. Because I just feel like, well, one, they would never be able to focus on one thing. Yeah. You know, And in the movie Up, how they just go, squirrel, and he, like, turns yeah. like crazy. Like, that's what I was thinking of. And, like, they would just, I don't know, they would just be so annoying and, like, it would be too much. I can understand where you're going with that. Yeah. So that's why I put it at number two. Because, and I just feel like they'd like act like a little baby if it like peed on accident and then you get mad at it and then it'd like try and make you feel bad for it. No, I completely agree with you on the dog thing. I think that it would be cool at first and then they would just be asking about food nonstop and what are you doing? Yep. What are you doing? It would get a little old. Yeah. What's your number three? For number three is another insect. <laughs> Technically not I, an animal, I believe. I didn't know this insects didn't count, but I put a fly. A fly to me is the same thing basically as a cockroach, though. I get the, like, I get the idea behind it. Okay, but for a fly, what I was thinking is that, you know, when they like buzz around your ear a whole bunch? Yeah. But they wouldn't be able to say like full sentences to you at once. So it'd be like one word at a time, just like buzzing around your ear. Oh, they'd be more in and out. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah. What do you feel about a bee then, though? Because I feel like a I bee guess, is like the cooler like, version of a fly. Yeah, maybe it's just like more intelligent <laughs> like words that it's saying in your ear at once. I feel like the bee would have better conversation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my number three is a hippo. Why? I just feel like they would be like your old aunt asking you questions about everything. How's okay. your mother? What's the job doing? When are you going to find a significant other? What are you doing? Oh, I just feel like they would have a lot of annoying okay. questions. That that makes sense. You know, when you go to like family parties. Yeah, like they'd the be annoying guy. aunt is okay. how I feel a hippo would be. Okay. Your number two is a dog. We yeah. already went over this. Yeah. What was my number two? Oh, a beaver is my number two. I feel like beavers don't really do anything though. I think they would have a lot of annoying questions like the friend that you have. That would just be asking a lot of stuff all the time or always kind of ruin conversations. Like, I think the beaver would be that. Like, you know, like, let's go out. Let's go have a good time. He'd be like, well, let's go to this place. It's a new jazz club. <laughs> and you're like 20 years old and you just want to go <laughs> to jazz rock out. And he wants to go to the jazz club. Okay. All right. Kind of like an old soul type of person. Almost, yeah. Though. But nerdy. And they'd be too insistent on it and you couldn't get around him. And then... You'd be ready to go out and party, and you end up at the jazz club because of the beaver friend. Well, only with one drink the whole night. Yeah, one drink. <laughs> okay. What's your number one? Now that like we've had this conversation, I want to change it. 
Oh, because you mine's rev- another insect, so I'm. I gonna... saw that it was a cockroach. No, it's a cricket. And the reason why I say this, but Jiminy Cricket, you seem to base yours largely on movies. Jiminy Cricket no, is a good character. This is a, this is because when I try to go to sleep at night, there's always a freaking cricket in my room, and I can't find it, and I just and it annoys me to no end. So I just feel like crickets would just like make me want to like rip my ear drums out. Where are you living that you have crickets in your room? I don't know how they. I think they like get in the walls. From outside, and then they're, like, in the windowsill or, like, in the walls because I can't ever find them. Do you have a dirty apartment? No. Do you live on the first floor? I live in a house. Is it dirty? No. Be honest. It's not. It's, like, it's an older house. It's, like, definitely an older house, but it's not dirty. Is it? I don't It's not, like, 20-year-old dirty or it's not, like, normal person dirty? No. Like, this is the cleanest I've ever been living in this house. I just never heard of crickets being in the walls. Like there, are, I've never seen a cricket inside. To be honest with you, are you? Oh, they're everywhere. Okay, I always hear them. But I was gonna change my answer to an owl because I feel like Owls they would be sweet. No, but I feel like they would try and be like know-it-alls. Yeah, they would always be correcting you about yes. stuff, like how an insect isn't technically an animal. Exactly. It could so get annoying. An owl over here. Yeah, I know. I feel like that now. <laughs> I my number one is birds as a whole. Just all birds. Because yeah. I earlier I was thinking pigeons. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I feel like they would gossip a lot too. But yeah. like fake gossip. Yeah. Except like parrots, since they can like repeat what people say, they'd probably like repeat things yeah. and like tell everyone everything. I could see that. But they would mess it up a little bit on purpose. Like Sheila, have you heard about Sheila? Not that Sheila resigned from her job. They would say, oh, Sheila got fired and was yeah. escorted out. Like, they would yeah. lie about it. Yeah. What, what is a one that you would have that would be a sleeper, like a cool one? I put a shark. Why did you put shark? I just think because they're so mysterious. <laughs> and I just think that, like, you just want to, like, learn more about them and, like, talk to them about, I don't know. Just where they've been doing, what yeah. they've been going on. Where, where they've traveled to, what's I do, up with their lives. I do think a shark would probably have a lot of good stories. Yeah, it's kind of like talking to the quarterback of yeah. the ocean. <laughs> Mine is going to be an otter. Why? Because an otter would have all kinds of cool things. They like, just, all they do is swim and lay in the sun. They're like cats, but in the water. Yeah, but if you think about it, they can be in the water, so they've got all the water stories, and they're on land, they've got all the land stories. They've got the best of both worlds. And they seem nice. Aren't they the ones that hold stuff? Yeah. I feel like an otter would be an uplifting conversation. Like, yeah, if you I have guess... an odd bad day, you're going to talk to the otter. Yeah. I guess, like, people, when they go to the zoo, just, like, love going to look at the otters all the time. Yeah. What do you think is the best animal in the zoo? While you're answering that, I'm going to Google if an insect is an animal. I would say it's the elephant. I agree with that. I I was going to put elephant as my, like, awesome one because I feel like they'd be, like, smart but not too smart. I'm looking up the answer right now to is an insect an animal, and all I see is there are 15 phyla of animals, and each phylum contains animals that have a combat. I don't know the answer. Oh, wait, no. click on this. Is an insect an animal, yes or no? Yes, an insect yes. is an animal. So you were right and I was wrong. And that's why three of them were like I know. <laughs> I, I didn't even know it. I really thought an insect was not an animal at all. You're going to go elephant. I'm going to go rhinoceros. 
Yeah, I feel like rhinos would be, like, tough. But also I feel like they might be a little dumb. Yeah. Like, they get hit on the head too many times. Well, I think that they're kind of designed like that. They're just kind of dumb animals. But they'd be, like, a fun guy. They'd be, like, the guy who, who does, does the keg stand. Yes. <laughs> He's doing keg stands. But, in like, right off the bat. It's, like, yeah. 6 o'clock. No one's even there yet, and the rhino's like, doing keg like stands. The keg, like, pulls up, and he's like, that's me. Yeah. Hit me up, boys. Yeah, he's going to be the first one. But he's going to pass out yes, early, I think. I just the, just... the rhino is not lasting all the way through the kegger. <laughs> no, Does the elephant last through the kegger? Yes, because I think he's a bigger guy. So, so you I just... think he'll probably drink more without, like, getting drunk as fast. Do you think the, the elephant parties as hard as the rhino, though? Not no. I think I think the elephant would take it slow. Yeah, I sure. think they'd be a little bit more measured about it. I, I think actually, I kind of think that maybe an elephant because elephants are like family oriented. So I feel like normally they wouldn't go out, but then when they do go out, they like party. They go hard. hard. Yeah. I feel like the otter is probably in the same thing. Like the elephant and the otter are probably showing up in the same car. They wouldn't even be in the same habitat unless they were in the zoo. I don't. Yeah, I think you're correct <laughs> on that one. I don't think we have to Google that. I'm pretty sure elephants and otters <laughs> don't, don't live. both live in the same area. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. I want to thank Lucy Romberg for coming on. I thought it was really cool to hear exactly how she became a Hollywood stunt woman, the different movies that she's been, and what goes into putting together all of those stunts that you see in the movies. If you want to find out more about her, she's linked to on all of our social media accounts. It's Profoundly Pointless. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Josh is going to be linked to on there as well if you want to see exactly what a guy named Josh Carrasso looks like. And we're also going to link to Kylie too. Coming up on our next episode, I want to hear from you guys about exactly who you want us to talk to because it's basically going to be kind of Halloween-themed, and we can talk to a witch a horror movie director, or a professional ghost hunter. So let us know in the comments or online or on social media or however which one of those you guys would like to hear from the most. If you get a chance to, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it and it really helps out the show. We love hearing from you guys. Whatever kind of comment you want to make, whether it's good, bad, or just something that you would like to see us do more of, we really like hearing from you. So let us know. We're still working, as always, on that better ending. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.